I am standing here tonight with a commission, a commission uh, from our pastor to show no mercy. Because the enemy is showing him no mercy, so we will show him no mercy. picked on the wrong family and not just the Spencer family but the family of God I like for you to hear this from me I'm going to show no mercy because hell has messed up so let's mess hell up Some battles, but 
Hallelujah. May that be said of each and every one of us that we never lost our praise in the midst of the battle. In the midst of the season of our pain, we never lost our praise. Amen. Because when you're praising God, God inhabits the praises of his children. If you have your Bibles this evening, we'll turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18. So thank you for the atmosphere that has been created here this evening. The angel of the Lord is pleased. Amen. Well, you know where I'm going this evening. God is with us, and we will see miracles. Amen. Before we read this evening, let's let's speak to the author of the book. Heavenly Father, Lord, what a privilege it is for us, your children. Lord, to be able to sit here, Lord, as it were, to sit down as as you would teach the children on the mountaintop, Father. And they would sit and gather around to hear your teachings. Father, we sit here this evening, Lord, at the foot of the cross, Father. We look upon you, Lord Jesus. We gaze upon your glory. Lord, we, we know that the, the cross is, is not a beautiful cross, but it's rugged. It, it's, a sign of, it's a sign of pain and shame, and yet it bears our glory. It bears who we are. It bears what you did for us at Calvary. And we so thank you, Lord, for the innocent blood that you shed on Calvary's cross for our sins. Lord, where will we be without you, Father, in this moment, in this time? Lord, we just come before you boldly. And Lord, we pray that you would move upon the needs of your situations, of your children. And we pray that you would touch their lives. And I pray, God, as the ministering of the word would go forth, we pray that your angel would take the word to the, to the address, to the spot, Father, in which it is to be placed in. And I pray that you would bring it forth. Lord, I pray that you would water that seed. Lord, I pray that you would come and minister to every single person here under the sound of the voice just now. We thank you for what you're doing and what you're continuing to do. We love and appreciate you tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Ephesians 1 and verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and sat him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name, that is named not only in this world, but also that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And if you'll flip over about three pages in your Bible to Ephesians 6 and 11, Paul says here, Put on the whole armor of God 
that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Before I read this next portion of scripture, if you'll look back at Ephesians, if you'll look back at your Bible there at Ephesians 1 and 21, it tells us that, that Christ is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. And over in Ephesians 6 and 12, it tells us, Paul says here that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Notice all of these things in verse 22 of Ephesians 1 and 22. And Christ and hath put all things under his feet. So all the things that you're wrestling with, the things that you're battling with is placed under his feet. What a wonderful thought this evening. May God bless his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. These things that you're battling against, the principalities, the angels of darkness and the powers of darkness and against all the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Those are the things that, that you are wrestling with in this hour, in this day, in this moment in time that you're living in. Those are things that you're wrestling with on a daily basis. I'd say that if every person would lift up their hand this evening, they would be able to say that they have wrestled. They've wrestled with their flesh. They've wrestled with, they've wrestled with their own, in their own spiritual realm. They've wrestled with those things. But I love what Paul said, and before you even get to wrestling this with these things, before you ever get uh, it, so, so involved in your fight and wrestling with your fight, you can know that you're going to come out victorious through the wrestle because he said he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head that he is the supreme deity over all things to the church and we are his church. The whole armor of God is the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the word behind it. Last, last service as we, we left you last weekend on, on a thought that, that, that we were under a Joshua commission and Joshua standing there in the book of Joshua uh, chapter 1, the Bible said that there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses said, so I will be with thee, I will not fail thee nor will I forsake thee. And we, we begin to speak on these things and say that Satan had tried his very best to keep Joshua and the children of Israel off the promised land because he realized that once they went into the, the promised land, onto that place, that they would dispossess the inhabitants of that land. They would go in and overthrow the kingdoms of that world. And he knew, Satan knew that if Joshua got in there, that Satan would not have a chance to get Joshua back out of that land. Because you see, in that kingdom there were worlds that were, and there were kingdoms that were not serving the great I Am. But yet there was coming, there was coming a people that were going to serve the I Am. The God that would not change and the God that always remains. The God that is always there. And Joshua was standing there in that commission as it was to go in and possess the gate. Go in and possess that land. But he didn't tell them just to go to Jericho and then stop. He told them to go all the way in. 
to take ownership of every city to take over and when Joshua or when Abraham was standing there in Genesis 13 and he tells him to look out across all of the land that I've given you all of this look northward, southward, eastward and westward all of these things are yours they are, they're yours and, and you see Abram never moved into that land but here his seed moved into that land you see, and here Joshua is standing under that commission looking at a promise that was prophesied over 400 and some years ago, maybe 500 and some years, but yet the promise to Joshua was just as fresh as it ever was. You see, because Joshua was, he was not looking at the time basis. He was not being caught up in the delay. He saw that as his job to go in there. And if we as the children of a God can ever get that into our mind that this is our hour. We're the last runners in this race and God puts his best runners at the best time when it, when it is the worst of times and the darkest of times. He puts in the runners that are built for that moment, built to run that race, built to finish that race. And Satan is going to battle you every step of the way. You may feel like you need to stop and have some oxygen on the way on this last round, but I want you to know that Satan didn't make you, so Satan can't break you. Satan didn't start you, so Satan can't finish you. God started you, and what God starts, God brings it to its fulfillment. You see, the God of Moses was with them and leading them all the way. And, and the prophet would say that, that, that we're at another Ephesians. And the scripture of the Bible plainly tells us where we're at in this hour. We got a roadmap that is placed before us. It tells us who we are. It tells us where we're at. It tells us what we're going to face. It tells us that 200,000, thousand demons were released out of the river Euphrates. You see, when the seals were released, those demons were released, and we are fighting against, against fallen angels. And you thought that you had a rough time, but you realize that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You see, it tells us where we're at. So we can be fervent in these matters. We can go into the battle realizing that these things are to be, that we're going to face these things. You see, if General Lee and Stonewall Jackson knew how the enemy was going to advance and come at them, they could go out and they could win the battle. But you see, they didn't know. They didn't have that long-range vision like God had to go out and to go out and look at how the enemy was going to come in and look at their regiments. But yet you're serving a God that's got long-range vision and he knows how the enemy is going to attack you. He knows how he's going to fight you. So he gave you the very best weapon to fight against the enemy when he gave you his whole word. <laughs> Science has done its very best to create weapons of warfare, but you today have the, the most powerful weapon placed in your hands today. Brother Branham would say it in three different ways that the greatest weapon that God ever gave to man was a committal to God, prayer, and the word of God. And if you commit your life to God, it is the greatest weapon that has ever been given to you. And if you can ever learn how to pray like never before, it's the greatest weapon that's been given to you. And if you can realize that in your prayer that you can take the word of God that will whip the devil anytime, any place, under any circumstance, that this word will bring
bring you the victory. It's the greatest weapon that's been placed in the hand of mankind. You can roll your shoulders back when the enemy seems to be breathing down upon you and you can realize that you were built for the fight. You were built to stand there. That the enemy may be a whole lot taller than you, but you don't show no mercy to that enemy. Oh, hallelujah. You see, the Bible said that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Goliath could not prosper against David. Sin cannot prosper against the children of God. Sickness can't prosper. You name it out there. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And here we are so we can be fervent in these matters that we are under a Joshua commission to go in and take over. And we're going to possess it by the word of God. For the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 30 and 14 that the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Notice what Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians 4 and 13. Time for a new microphone cord. 2 Corinthians 4 and 13, Paul says that we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe. We also believe. Look at your neighbor and say, we also believe and therefore speak. You see, he said we have that same spirit of faith. Woo, come on somebody. We have in the same spirit of faith. I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, therefore speak. So Paul is, is a grabbing this from the book of Psalms 116 and verse eight. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Here the psalmist is showing you in a place in which God hath delivered him from that he has delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I'd say what a deliverer that you're facing that you have on your side this evening. Notice what the psalmist says. He says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. It does not say that he is crawling before the Lord. It does not say that he's limping before the Lord, but it says that I will walk. This is showing a person that has strength to get up. This is showing a person that's able to get up out of his chair. This is showing somebody that is willing and able to get up. They're not willing to stay down in their stupor or in their condition. They are willing to get up and walk. And the psalmist says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living, not in the land of sickness, not in the land of turmoil, not in the land of distress, not in the land of diseases, but I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You realize where you're at with this spoken word in this hour? You are in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. Notice the, notice the psalmist. He's going through the battle. He's going through the reproaches. He's going through the criticisms. He's going through the health problems. Through all the pain, the psalmist says, I believe. I believe in the promise. I believe what God said. Therefore, I speak it. Do you realize that standing in front of you is a perfectly well body and you can walk right into it by the power of faith. 
Faith is a revelation. Faith will knock the devil down. Faith knows where it's at. Faith is, not faith will be, but faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't see it, but walk into it. Hallelujah. You see, the psalmist was confident in the promise. I found this statement a while back. An army of sheep led by a lion will always defeat an army of lions led by a sheep. An army of sheep led by a lion will always defeat an army of lions led by a sheep. You realize that the one that is leading you through and taking us to victory is the lion of the tribe of Judah? that he is leading his sheep. He's not taking them halfway. He's taking them all the way. He's talking to a people that is gonna bring them to victory. The prophet said you are following your captain. Hallelujah, we've got a five-star general spelled J-E-S-U-S. Notice, placing five stars on us. F-A-I-T-H. Glory, he didn't leave it for himself, but he placed on you five stars. Do you realize that you're a five-star general in the faith today? He's never lost a battle, hallelujah. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave. Get the devils out of the way. He's the great chief captain, so the devil isn't even in the picture. Woo, come on, somebody. The great chief captain put upon you a five-star, F-A-I-T-H. We are not here to be silent. We are not here to be pushed around by Satan's kingdom. We're here to push Satan's kingdom around. There's a voice of resurrection that is in a people. We have that voice. And it is the voice of many waters that is speaking out. The last runners of this day, they are running with everything within them saying, don't give up. They're screaming out, don't back up. Press the battle. You understand what I'm saying? There came a voice from another realm. Press the battle. Press the battle. Press the battle. There's a voice that is crying out to you, church. Press the battle. You look at Samson. But Samson was nothing but a little shrimp. He wasn't no great big man. He was a little bitty shrimp that had seven, seven little locks on the back of his head. He was going down to a city to see his girlfriend one day and he's walking down there and a lion came out and run out. Here he was in humanistically standing. He was helpless and hopeless, but when the spirit of the Lord came on him, he just took that lion and tore it to pieces and throwed it down. You see, what, what made the difference was is that the spirit of the Lord came upon him. He said, let me see a little old cowardly church that's afraid to trust God or a family and let the spirit of God strike that family or that individual or that church and watch what takes place. Brother, I'm telling you, skeptics fly. Roaches in the summertime, when you turn the light on them, that's exactly right, yes, sir. Everything moves out, faith comes in, says, I'm the boss. The rest of it moves out. Don't make any difference what anybody else says. God's word is eternally right. What made the difference was the spirit of the Lord. You may be sitting there carrying a huge load that nobody else knows about. You may be carrying a burden, you're thinking, my, if I ever need a church, I need church today. 
because I have went through all of hell, it seems like, just to get here. You think that you're alone here this evening? God sees you when you walked in that back door carrying that load. But you don't have to carry it out tonight. You can leave it at the foot of Jesus. You don't have to stay here burdened. You don't have to stay here burdened in sin or sickness or despair or distress. You can take your burdens to the Lord and you can leave them there. That's more than a song, that's a reality tonight. I don't care what you came in here packing tonight. I don't care what you have faced in your life. The circumstances of life may be stacked up against you, but Abraham believed in God against all odds. And if Abraham, a man that was 100 years old, could believe God against all the odds, what about you as sons and daughters of God that have the baptism of the Holy Ghost upon your soul that will not leave you, will not forsake you, but will be with you, even in you to the end of the world? What do you have to fear tonight? You remember Pilgrim's Progress and a little and little Christian, he was packing that load everywhere he went. But he finally found a place that he could drop it off. You may feel like a little Christian tonight, but I want you to know you can walk up to a big God. And you can lay your burdens at the feet of Jesus. And you ain't got to pick them up. The devil's going to whisper at you and tell you you got to pick them up. But Sister Crystal, don't pick them up. Leave them there in the name of Jesus and walk out of these doors completely whole. <laughs> Hallelujah. The difference is the spirit of Christ. Notice what Jesus said in John chapter 15 and 7 that if ye abide in me, Notice the bride is connected to the bridegroom that if ye abide in me. If you look at that word in the Greek, it means to remain, to endure. It means to not perish, to last. And speaking of person, it means to survive, to live in reference to a state or condition. It means to remain as one, not to become another or different, but if ye abide in me, and my words, whose words? God's words, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask. You shall ask what you will. I know what his will is, but what's your will? Is it your will to ask him big things? Is it your will just to ask him small things? It's his will to give you the very desires of your heart if you'll delight yourself in the Lord. It's his will to heal. It's his will to save. It's his will to deliver. But what is your will? Ooh. Ask and it shall be done unto you. You see, there is a union between the bridegroom and the bride and faith in her maker makes her unmovable. She stands there as the ransom. She stands there as the redeemed. Justified in his sight. Why are we justified? We are his victory. The church is his victory. We come forth in the last days with the glorious gospel showing his victory that he died for this purpose and we are proof of his victory. When we see him coming down and living amongst the church, that's his victory. Now you think you're having yourself a good time. You think that you're enjoying your time. You think that you are enjoying these heavenly places, but do you realize 
that what you're packing is the very victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. To see you living out in the darkest of days to see you living it out that you are packing the very victory of Almighty God. We're the proof of his victory. When we see him coming down and living amongst the church, that's his victory. It shows that they couldn't keep him in the grave and neither can they keep you and I in the grave. I am going to show no mercy on this demon of hell. I was born here to be victorious. Our identity is tied to him. Bear with me as I give you these, 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 these double barrel shotgun nuggets here. That our identity is in him. He is our headship. That we're the final voice to the final age. It's not Christ up there and you down here, but it's Christ in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it is our victory. Our victory is to receive the word of this hour. He said that he would not leave you, but he'd be with you. And it shows you tonight how close God is, and he's always there, and he is not leaving you, that the Bible said that the angels of the Lord encamp about them and deliver them. Those angels are staying there day in, day out. When you go to sleep, they're awake. They're there to watch you. They're there to protect you. Hallelujah. He's there, he's with us, he's even in us in the in the world and you can see him operating in nature. You can see God in the trees. You can see God in the flowers. You can see God in everything, but I wonder if you could see him in you. This ain't God with your neighbor, this is God with you. This ain't God with your pastor, God with the deacon, but God in you. I was asked one time, did you really meet him? Absolutely I met him. Do you realize that once you meet him, you will never be the same? Some people say, well, how in the world do you know you met him? Let me tell you, you ever meet him, you'll know that you met him. Are you with me? You see, you have come in contact with me and you recognize when you speak to me that I've got certain mannerisms about myself. i got certain characteristics about myself. I've got certain intentions or I have, when I speak to you, I'm a person of positivity. I'm going to speak to you on a level of faith. You realize that when you're speaking to me, you've come in contact with me. You may walk away from here and you may forget my name and you may forget everything about me. But once you meet him, I want you to know if you ever meet him, I'm not talking about a picture, I'm not talking about a book, but I'm talking about the author of the book, that if you ever meet him, you'll know that you met him. You won't walk the same. You won't talk the same. You won't live the same because you won't be the same. Hallelujah. Don't fear to go anywhere or do anything for the never failing presence of Jesus Christ is with you wherever you go. So Satan can't kill me until God says it's finished. He might try, but he'll never succeed in doing it. You remember, you remember when Joshua was standing there He's done crossed the Jordan. He's done, he's, done, he's done got his commission and he's standing there in Joshua chapter five and he's standing there and he's looking out across Jericho and he sees, he sees a man standing there that's got a sword drawn and he says, are you with us or are you against us? 
And notice what his words were. It says, nay, neither of these, but you're for me. I'm not on your side, but you're on my side. Are you with me? Nay, but as a captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? Notice Notice what, what, the, what the angel said to him is that I am the God that's fighting your battles. I'm the God that's with you. Hallelujah. But I want you to, and I don't want to go into all the details as we know that story quite well, but I want you to capture this thought on this thing, on this scripture here, that before Joshua could go in and take Jericho, notice how powerful that was. How, how, how big Jericho was that it was stacked up so high that they could have horse races around the top of it. They, they were walled in in such a way that unless God showed up, there was no way that humanistically standing that Joshua could take it down. That's not even the point I want you to catch tonight. But before Joshua could ever go in there and take over Jericho, he had to have a conference. I want you to know that before David could ever take down Goliath, he had to have the anointing poured upon him. And before Joshua went in there and took over Jericho and tore down the walls, he had to meet the great I am. And you will never tear down walls in your life until you meet him. You will never go in there and take over until you meet him. You will never go in there and make your giants fall until you meet him. You have given everything else a chance. Why don't you give God a chance? You give drugs a chance. Why don't you give God a chance? You give pornography a chance. Why don't you give God a chance? You gave alcohol a chance. Why don't you give God a chance? You gave pills a chance. Why don't you give God a chance? You gave doctors a chance. Why don't you give God a chance? Are you with me? Why don't you give God a chance in this battle? Press the battle. Give God a chance. Hallelujah. This is the age of life, the personal life of Christ where the chemical of his body, what was in him, this is the age for that. If you could ever realize that you are the temple of Almighty God. That you're packing on the inside of your soul the great I am. One time we were down in Tennessee and we were we were looking we were looking at a, a studio set and looking at speakers for this church and we were in this we were in this uh, Bose this Bose store and had every imaginable speaker there was and there was this man and we were looking at these certain ones and there was this man that began to tell us he didn't work there but he began to tell us about these certain speakers he said what are you needing for them we said well we're looking for them for our church and he said well, he said I'm a pastor of a church and he said I'm going to tell you something. He said, these are the best speakers that there is out there. He said, I got them in my church. And he began to talk to me and Brother Alden. And he began to tell him, said, you know, he said, he said, you know, he said, this, this preacher had a shirt halfway buttoned down here. Had a necklace around his neck and looked like the biggest. He was a long way from Texas, let me say that. But he began to talk to me and Brother Alden and tell him, said, you know, he said, the church is not the building, but the church is this temple. And he put his hand upon Brother Alden's chest and he said, that temple, 
That temple is a place where the Holy Ghost dwells. And I thought my brother, just like Jesus said, you are so close to the kingdom right now and you don't even realize it. If the man that was talking to us could have had the God that was on the inside of that kingdom, he would have walked away with his shirt button and he would have known what side of the kitchen he deserved to be on. There's a lot of people that claim that God is with them. There's a lot of people that claim, well, say, look at us. Look, our church is growing. Our church is building. We've got more members. We've got more members than you can ever imagine. We've got to be blessed. God has got to be with me. But do you know that David said that even I've seen the wicked grow in power as a green bay tree, but they all perished. I looked for them. I sought for them, but they all passed away. But he said, Mark the perfect man. Mark the perfect man and his end is peace. The wicked has an end of destruction, but the man of peace, come on somebody, the man that is the kingdom, the man that is blessed, his end is peace. There's a lot of people that say God is with them, but I really wonder, is God with them? Many people can talk a good game. Many people can come to church here night after night, day after day, but is really God with them when the rubber meets the road? When your burden gets bigger than you, can you really say God is with you? When it comes down to it, when you gotta put your foot on the pedal and push it like never before, can you say God is good? Do you got the goods? Are you built to stand the test? You see, because we live in an hour when there's so much science out there to explain away the very word of God. We got so many critics on this hand, critics on that hand. Hallelujah. You got Republicans on one hand, you got Democrats on one hand. I don't care what kind of politician you believe in or what kind you stand on. Brother Branham said that it's of the devil. You got politics on one side, politics on the other side, but I want to stay right in the middle with God's word and I know I'll come out winning. You can put whoever you want to in the White House, but as for me and my house... God's with me. We live in an hour when every demon in hell seems to be out after the name of Jesus. They don't want you saying the name of Jesus no more. Everybody's worried about their second amendment. They're all worried worried about that second amendment, right? But what about your first amendment? What about the right to worship? What about the right to praise? What about the right to serve God? You'll let the enemy come in and sit down in your room and turn a TV on and he'll murder somebody in front of you but you wouldn't dare let that happen in front of your children out in public. But you'll sit there and let that enemy come in and sit there and kill somebody in front of your children. The enemy's slick and he knows how to get in there. Hallelujah. The enemy's on every side. He's trying to get on to you. But you can never fool around with the enemy and you can never underestimate the enemy because he is slick. Hallelujah. It's an hour when all of hell is out to destroy the name of Christianity. It's an hour where it's going to take more than a Baptist profession. I believe in God. 
and walk away. I'm as saved as I ever once was saved. I can go out and smoke every bit of dope I want to. I can go out and look at anything I want to. I'm saved as much as I'm going to be saved. You ain't nothing but a good Baptist. It's going to take more than a Baptist professor. Well, I believe God sent a prophet. I believe that God that God is God. And I believe that Jesus Christ is his son. It's going to take more than that. you got to come down to a meeting with Elohim himself. You've got to have it in such a spot, no matter that you can say that you met God face to face. No matter if you come up against an agnostic or an atheist, you've got to be able to stand there and say, I met God for myself face to face. And there won't be no demon in hell that'll rob you of your, of your religion because it ain't you, it's him. Hallelujah. This is the hour of knowing in whom you have believed. You say, well, I I don't think I can be saved. God loves to show his power. God is the God of all power. You say, well, you don't realize how deep I am in sin. You don't realize how, how scarred I am. You don't realize the burden that I'm carrying. Let me give you something. See, God loves to show his mighty hand. He likes to show his power and he's waiting tonight to show it in you. To take that sinner and turn him around and take that woman of ill fame and change her to a godly, saintly woman. Take that girl that's taken the wrong road, that boy the wrong road, bring them back to a place and make sons and daughters of God out of them. That's what God loves to do. He likes to take somebody that's a nobody and make somebody out of them. He likes to come to you when you're at the bottom of the barrel and you realize that the only way you got to go is up. Hallelujah. If you realize tonight that God is the same God that shed his blood 2,000 years ago, that his blood is powerful enough to wash away all of your sins. Come on, people, help me fish tonight. I got the bait on the end of the hook. Help me fish tonight. Come on, somebody. God's still God, and he ain't changing. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, and you, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversations. I thought it was just you. But it says we all had our conversations. Woo, that don't just put it over on your neighbor or your wife. You can put it back over on your husband. <laughs> We all had our conversations in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. What made the difference but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath made us alive together with Christ and by grace ye are saved. I thought it was by my works. Absolutely not. By his amazing grace are you saved and hath raised us up together 
and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You see, the only way that you'll ever know God personally is to, for him to reveal himself to you in the power of the Holy Ghost before you ever know it. You see, without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're only guessing at it. You're saying what the Word says or you're saying what the pastor says. You're saying what your mother said. But when the Holy Spirit comes in and baptizes you into the person of Christ Jesus, then you know by a personal experience that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, raised from the dead, living in you, the hope of glory. Now that is when you can say, God is with me. When that quickening power that makes you alive from the deadness of trespasses of sin, when that quickening power comes in, it's not a power of a man, but it is the power of Almighty God. It is the power of the abstract of Easter, the resurrected Jesus that sent back the abstract to guarantee us that we are already alive in him. You realize that Jesus had confidence in that quickening power? He had so much he had so much confidence in the quickening power because he realized what the word said about him over in the book of Psalm 16 and 10 that thou will not leave thou will not leave my soul in hell and neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption You see, he realized that when he was facing the giants of that day in the spiritual realm, that he realized when he told him, you destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it back up again. They thought that he was talking about the temple in Jerusalem, but he was talking about this temple. And when the angel came to the ladies that went down there at the tomb, remember what he said to you, that I'll raise up this temple in three days. Hallelujah. If you could realize, that's how the prophet would even tell us about sickness, that once that sickness, once that spirit is cursed, that it goes through a process of dying. And when it goes out, it dies. And with 72 hours, corruption sets in. He said, when that 72 hours comes in, you're gonna get sick as all get out and you're gonna think that you're not healed, but you're already healed. You're already delivered, but if you can keep your faith through the dying process, if you can keep your faith through the dying process, you'll come out on the other side alive and well. How Satan hates this message because it tells you that you are going to walk before the Lord in the land of the living. If Jesus could have that much confidence in the scripture and have that much confidence in the quickening power of Almighty God, what about you? You're carrying your burden and you think, my, I'm all by myself. You think nobody else knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows what I've had to put up with this week. Nobody knows the conversations that I've had this week. And you're packing a burden and you're walking around and your shoulders are beginning to hurt because you're carrying this burden all by yourself. And you think, there's nobody I can give it to. If Jesus could have that type of confidence to not only put your burdens on himself, but to put your neighbor, to put your loved one, to put the sins upon him of the whole world and pack that burden and pack that burden on the back 
of him with an old rugged cross. What about you? He's not just packing your burden, but he's packing the sins of the whole world upon his shoulders. And you think you can't make it through. If Jesus had confidence in what God said about him, what about you tonight? What about the confidence to be for us tonight? You've heard the greatest message that's ever hit the face of the earth and you still let the devil whip you around. Show him no mercy. Tell him I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. Show him no mercy. Stop letting that lying devil whip you around. God is with me. I don't know if you get this tonight or if it's processing through your mind. But God, God is with you, Sister Connie. When you're working on your job and you feel like nobody's around and you feel like, ah, goodness, I'm the only one in my whole entire office. Do you realize that God is with you? How about you, Brother Evan? When you're walking through school and you're, you're facing battles that just seems like nobody else knows about, but could you realize today that God is with you. I love this because it makes it so personal. Is that he is Emmanuel, which being interpreted, God, God, deity himself, come down and dwelled in mortal flesh, God with Evan Mays. God with Carly. God with Brother Greg. Now it's one thing when you walk out and you know that you are going into an absolute battle. And it's looking like that the, the man that's coming out to battle is a whole lot bigger than you are and he's got a whole bunch of his buddies. But if you can look right behind you, it's somebody a whole lot bigger than you. But God is with you. One time, one time in my younger years, I won't say exactly when, leave out some of the details so mama don't beat me around later tonight. But there was one time I was, I was, I'll be careful here. One time I was, I was walking with some friends and, and there was a gang of people that started making fun of this girl that was with the crowd and nobody else would stand up. I've been taught a whole lot in life to stand up, to get up. I said, hold up, why don't you talk about somebody else? Why don't you pick on somebody your own size? So three guys decided they was gonna take me on. I said, all right, hold on, this ain't fair right now. This ain't fair, it's three against y'all, three y'all against me. I said, but let me tell you something. If you'll let me have a chance of you at one at a time, I guarantee I'll take you down. They said, you ain't got a chance. You know what I did? I said, well, line up right there. And I took down all three of them when they gave me the chance because they were picking on a little lady. I'm gonna show no mercy on the enemy 
that is trying to attack God's bride. Why don't you pick on somebody your own size? And Almighty God says, I got this. I got this. This ain't your battle, Brother Jeff. I got this. Now, if I can say that from a humanistically standpoint, what about you as a son of God, Brother Nathaniel? When the enemy comes against your family, you stand up and say, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? You ain't picking on me, you're picking on God. Glory adios. Almighty God is defending you. God is with us. Hallelujah. God is with us. God is with us. Back when I first, back when I first gave my heart to the Lord, I was new. I was new. I was, I'd say how they say it, Sister Connie, I was still wet behind the ears a little bit. And I had had a real conference with God. I had met him face to face and I realized that the battle against myself that God had this. And I put all my trust in him and God brought me all the way through. But I was still green a little bit and didn't have, maybe, maybe I still ain't got it, but I didn't have most sense as, as some people do. I was down here at the gas station coming to church. And I was dressed up kind of like I am here tonight. I walk in there and this man standing behind the counter and said, you hit a church? No, I'm going to a funeral. Yeah, I'm headed to church. And so he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, when you go down to church, why don't you light a candle for me? Oh! I said, i tell you what. You come up here to church where I'm going, the God that I serve will light your candle. Yeah. He didn't understand. You see, this is more than lighting a candle, but this is about your candle getting lit. And this is about telling somebody else how your candle got lit. And watch the wildfire begin to spread out. Oh my. You love the Lord. The Bible says in Psalms 103, know ye, 100 and verse three, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Deuteronomy 4 and 35, unto thee it was showed that thou, that thou mightest know that the Lord he is God and there is none else beside him. There ain't no God beside him. There's no God like Jehovah. He's the God that is with us and we will see his miracles. When Nicodemus came to Jesus secretly at night, he said, we know that thou master, that thou cannot do, no man can do these things. He cannot do these miracles except he be from God. Nicodemus recognized where the miracles were coming from. You gotta recognize where the miracles are coming from, almighty God. And there's none beside him. Anybody can say God is good when they're up on the mountain. Anybody can say God is good when everything's peachy. But when the doctor walks in 
and he tells you some really bad news, can he still say God is good? When the doctor says you ain't gonna make it, can he still say God is good? Anybody can praise him in the good times, but can you praise him in the bad times? Anybody can praise him when the bills are paid. Anybody can praise him when you got a new car. Anybody can praise him when you got new shoes, when you got a new house, and you got good strength, and you got health, and you got money, and you got a good wife. But what if you got a bad wife? What if you ain't got no money? What if you ain't got health? Can you still say God is good? When you ain't got no strength and you're weak as a kitten, can you still say God is good? When the shoes you got on, you've been wearing for 40 years, not by choice. Can you still say God is good? When your car's broke down, can you say God is good? When the bills ain't being paid, can you say God is good? Can you praise him in the valley? Anybody can praise him while they're at church, but can you praise him out there when you get the enemy toe to toe, face to face? Can you say, my God's bigger than you, you stupid devil? Hallelujah. We as humans, we love, we love the stories of David. We look at the highlights of David's ministry. We look at him as he takes down a bear. We enjoy those highlights. We enjoy when he talks about killing a lion, that he's more than able to deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. We enjoy hearing about how that, how that David came back into the city and they began to sing, Saul has killed his thousands, but David's tens of thousands. We all enjoy those highlights in David's ministry, but do you realize that David spent most of his life hiding and running from cover, running from his predecessor Saul, that David spent most of his time camping and he didn't spend it out on the, stand it out on the Yogi Bear down here. He didn't spend it in some place where he could get on a roller coaster and get on some water slide. But David camped out in the darkness of a cave, in a wet cave, walked through valleys, walked through the mud. And the anointing oil was poured on him. Everybody looks at the highlights, but they miss what made David the king that he was. You see, Saul was a man when he saw somebody rising up in power that he threw spears at him. But David could have easily, he could have easily grabbed those spears and threw them back at Saul. He could have easily done that. He was a man of war. If he'd have done this and got angry, got mad, he would have ended up exactly like Saul. Everybody enjoys David taking off Goliath's head. But can you relate to David down in the mud? Can you relate to David when he's got all of his army surrounding him and believing in him and he's hiding? Can you relate to him? Can you relate to him when he's going through a time of trouble? David was not always on the mountaintop praising God. David knew some dark times. David knew what it was like to feel like nobody was with him. David knew what it was like when parents would walk past him when he was all muddy, his clothes ripped apart, hidden up to a cave to hide out, running from King Saul. 
He knew what it was like for parents to say, now if you don't be good, you're going to end up like a giant slayer. David knew what it was like to be criticized. David knew what it was like to be spit on. David wasn't always in a time where he could point. I said, look, look on the end of my spear. I got Goliath's head. Look on the end of my sword. I'm dragging it around the city. But there was times in David's walk that David felt all alone. But David, no matter the state or the condition David was in, David knew how to praise God. David could say in Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh and they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. David could say, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. David never lost his praise. Come on, somebody. If anybody's gonna look at symptoms, David was looking at symptoms. Look back at what Samuel did. He poured the anointing oil on top of me. I didn't immediately take kingship. But I went back to herding sheep. I went back. I went to run around. But David, no matter, no matter what he was, he believed what the prophet Samuel had said about him, that he was the oncoming king. And David said in Psalms 34, that I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 71 and 8, let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Psalms 145, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee. I will praise thy name forever and ever. Can you praise him when you don't feel him? Can you praise him when you don't see him? Can you praise him when you're all alone? Come on, somebody, can you praise him when you just got done putting a roof on your house and the thing leaks? Can you still lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord? Now I know I ain't got you on your feet, but if you can realize that you can get through these moments if you can get through the valley of the shadow of death and realize that the enemy can't touch one hair of your head and you can still say, God who is with me? Do you realize that you're not on emotions right there? You're not going on sight right there. You're not going on feeling right there. You're speaking from a realm of faith that God is with me through the fire. Amen. 
Isaiah 24 and 14, they shall lift up their voice. They shall sing for the majesty of the Lord. They shall cry aloud from the sea. Write this one down. Verse 15, wherefore glorify ye the Lord in the fires. Glorify even the name of the Lord of the God of Israel in the isles of the sea. Glorify the God in your afflictions. Glorify the almighty God in tribulation, in valleys, in low estates, in conditions, in holes, in dens, in clefts, in rocks. When the persecuting enemy is chasing you down, glorify the Lord. He's called in the Bible Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. I'm so glad tonight to know that he's still Jehovah Jireh no matter what the circumstance is. God will make a way, a way of escape. Satan may pin you in a corner with a cancer. God will make a way of escape. Satan may pin you down under a car. God will make a way of escape. Satan may take your family away from you, but God will make a way of escape. God has a way. For Gospel Lighthouse, do you trust the way? He's not part of the way. He is the way. The truth, the life. My closing statements. I want to give you a song of deliverance. God is with me. Second Samuel 22 and 1. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God is with me. We will see miracles. A miracle is something that you can't explain. It's a miracle that, a miracle is something that you can't figure out. A miracle is a paradox. Unbelievable, but true. And if you're born again, every believer is a paradox. And unless you have that born again experience, you cannot be a Christian. You're not called a paradox unless you've had those moments. But he's not offered us a flowery bit of ease. God don't promise easy things. God promises impossible things. Impossible for you, but possible for him. You can't have a miracle unless you have an extremely hard circumstance. You see, when you're asking for a miracle, you're realizing that you're between a rock and a hard place. And you need to sing this song. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all of his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. He didn't wait to sing it. He didn't wait till he felt like singing it. He sang it the day. I want you to sing this song today. 
Let this be your song of deliverance this day. May you say it like this, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. This day, this song will be sung out of my soul. This day is my song of deliverance. Are you ready to sing? And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock and him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. My high tower, my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, what a song. I called upon the Lord and cried to my God and he did hear my voice out of his temple and my cry did enter into his ears. Verse 28, and the afflicted people Thou wilt save. Let out a shout. Let out a shout. And the afflicted people. The afflicted people. Not the whole people. Not the people that are in health, but the people that are afflicted. This sounds like a people that needed a miracle. This sounded like a people that were up against the wall. <laughs> and the afflicted people thou wilt save, but thine eyes are upon the haughty that thou mayest bring them down. For thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord will lighten my darkness. For by thee have I run through a troop by my God have I leaped over a wall. Hallelujah. As for God, his way is perfect. The way of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. For who is God, save the Lord? And who is a rock, save our God? God is my strength and power. He maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon the high places. He teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me so that my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them and turned not again until I had consumed them. If you could ever get in your mind that your enemies are God's enemies. You can sing his song from a totally different standpoint if you realize that the battle that you're facing is God's battle, that your enemy is God's enemy. You can chase them down. You're not standing alone. One will put a flight, a thousand, two, ten thousand. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them and turned not again until I had consumed them. Right now, you got your enemy on the run. It's your choice whether you want to give up halfway through your miracle. 
It's your choice whether you want to give in and throw in the towel. It's your choice whether you go after them. They're running from you, but will you pursue them? Will the people of the miracle go after them? Run after them, pursue them, and consume them? The Bible said that Jesus came and it was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. But the prophet said that you are here, you were born to destroy the works of the devil and his body's to do the same. You're to do the same thing that he did. You're here to carry out the threats. You're here to carry out the victory. You're a church of the word, born of the word, a virgin born from the word. You're a body that operates by a headship. A headship that's over top of all of your enemies. But will you back up? You got a choice to whether continue to keep singing or go sit down in your pew. But if you felt like I felt, you'd be shouting too. Verse 39. Hell hates this. And I have consumed them and wounded them that they could not arise. Yet, yea, they are fallen under. This is not a song of deliverance for your brother, for your sister, but it's for you. The enemy has fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength to the battle. Them that rose up against me hast thou subdued under me. In your hour of trouble, he hath girded you with strength to win the battle. The battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's. He's gonna give you strength to sing this song. He's not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that anybody would go halfway, but you'd go all the way. You were put here to finish this race. Sister Emma's in track, and she's running, and her coach told her, her coach told her, when you don't feel like running, Run for those that can't run. Because there's a lot of people that love to make these two legs walk. They'd love to make them run. So when you don't feel like running, run for them that can't run. There's some people in your walk right now that can't do it, but why don't you run for them? You got a coach on your side that is telling you that Satan didn't make you so Satan can't break you. There's a coach on the inside of you that's telling you that Satan didn't start you so Satan can't finish you. I want you to run for every believer that's here on this earth. I want you to rise up and I want you to walk in the land of the living. There might be a brother that's fallen. There might be a sister that's fallen. But let's run this race. 
Let us run for those that can't run. Let us carry. Will you choose? Will you choose to sing? Will you choose to sing a song of deliverance? When it looks like you're still bound. Will you choose to sing and praise him? When it seems like all hope is gone. Will you still choose to sing this song of deliverance? God is bringing me out. He made a way for me. Satan's tried to put me in a corner, but I'm going to sing. There's been a vision that said that it's come. There's been a vision that said. That it's coming. But I'd say that if you talk to Brother Jeffrey and Sister Anna, there's been times when they cried. I'd say there's times when they didn't understand. There's been times when they, maybe it's not for us. But when God says, but when God says, I'm going to give you a baby. You see, because the vision has got to come to pass. The vision has been made plain and wrote out. You can run. Woo, hallelujah. The vision's been made plain. You can run with it. Church, I want you to know that you were seen in the rapture. You can run. You can face the battle with everything that's within you because you were seen there shouting. and your offspring with you. Give God praise in the house of God. I can stand this test because God is with me. I can face the tears because God is with me. Let the musicians come. Do you choose? Do you choose to worship through the pain? Do you choose to worship? Do you choose to worship when all hope is gone? It's easy to believe right now. It's easy for you to say, I'm going to praise him. But when every devil in hell is running at you with everything that's within them, because they know that you are going to win. They know that. And Satan is afraid because he knows that you are getting ready to slip out of his grips. And he can hold you no longer. Can you still praise him through that pain? I'm talking about now anybody can praise him. Anybody can praise him. 
when they got food on the table. Anybody can praise him when everything's just going just right. Everybody say, oh, praise God. God's good today because everything's just right. But worship is on a totally different level. Anybody can say God is good when it don't look like God is good. But worship comes from the heart. Worship is when you ain't got shoes on your feet and you still say God is good. Worship is when you have got cancer staring you down and it still comes out of you that my God is an on time God. He's a healer. He's a way maker. Cancer staring you down but worship comes out of you. Worship comes out of you. He's the Lord thy God that heals all of thy diseases. Forget not his benefits. That's worship. That's real, true worship. I will praise you in this storm and I will lift my head. No matter where you are, no matter where I am, I will praise you. I will praise you in this storm. I want to remind you, surrender? No. No, our king is with us. Start singing, Brother Matthew. Right now, right now, I want you to determine that you're going to show no mercy. I want you to pray. I don't want you to pray from a spot of defeat. I want you to pray from a spot of victory. I want you to pray like war is open on hell because it is. You see, a lot of people can pray and they can talk words into the atmosphere. But when you pray, do you know who you're praying to? You're talking to the creator of the universe. I want you to show no mercy on him. And I want you to pray things out of your lips. I want you to prophesy things out of your lips. Because you're the bride of Jesus Christ. And you have, thus saith the Lord. Go take this book. Eat this book. And prophesy again, son of man. I want you to let loose out of your prayer. Out of your chambers a prayer. I want you to let out. I don't want you just talking to God. I want you to worship. You see, anybody can, when they're standing here, you're not going to pray the same way that you pray when you're in your closet. But if you can ever learn to pray, no matter who's around you, I'm not talking about just saying some words, but I'm talking about prayer. When you say, God, that seems there is no way. But I know, God. I know, God, that you're going to make a way. You promised me that you were with me. You see, it's not about you just talking to God, but let God talk back to you. You start echoing things out of your soul. You start billowing things out and you start speaking into another realm. 
I don't know why it keeps coming to me, but I'm, I want you to tell. I want to tell you this tonight. Carry your burden no more. Carry your burden no more. God bless you. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battle. Oh, this is how I fight my battle. Oh, this is how I fight my battle. Oh, this is how I fight my battle. It may look like I'm surrounded.
I'm surrounded. 